You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. We're going to be hanging out some more in Deuteronomy today. If you're with us last week, we were in Deuteronomy. And we looked at Deuteronomy 8, and we, you know, we're looking into the fact that God actually led his people into the wilderness and had plans in that season to develop things in their heart. Ultimately, this humility and dependence upon God that was going to protect them from the pride that would ultimately lead to destruction when they go into the promised future that he had for them. But we're going to look more into Deuteronomy today. We're going to look into Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 9 to 20, uh, New King James this week. But I just want to speak into like why we're doing this. I just keep feeling drawn to Deuteronomy for our community in this season because of what uh, Deuteronomy is in the story of the people of Israel. It's a time of transition for them. Deuteronomy are um, records of words that Moses spoke to the children of Israel weeks before they crossed the Jordan into the promised land. You may remember that from last week, but I just wanted to repeat it because I feel so much Um, of our season relates to that, that we have likely felt like we're in a wilderness season. And in that wilderness season, God's actually putting things in us that are for the future that he has planned for us. And so today we're going to look at a bit of the heart condition that I believe that God actually wants to develop in a people through a season like this. Um, And so we're going to look into Deuteronomy 30, verse 9 to 20, and Charlotte is going to read it to us. So Charlotte, why don't you come and help us out here? Good morning, family. Uh, Yeah, we read this as a staff on, um, what day was that, Wednesday? We read this out as a staff, and I was like fully, totally convicted by the Lord as we read it, so... It's good to be convicted by the Holy Spirit sometimes. Well, all the time. All right, Deuteronomy 30. The Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which which are written in this book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, for this commandment, which I command you today, is not too mysterious for you. It is not too far off. It's not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over to the sea, over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is near to you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. 
But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you will surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live and that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them. It's a good word. Thanks, Char. Just as we sit and hear that, I even want to just take a minute where you pause and hear what stuck out to you. What did the Lord highlight to you as Charlotte was reading that to us? I ask you to think of that because I believe that every time that we read in the scriptures together, that the Spirit is speaking to us. I have this strong sense for us as a church right now that there is just this invitation to sit in his word. Um, Even while I'm saying that, I'm going to give a little plug. Maybe you noticed this week something on our Instagram account or Facebook um, about sitting and reading scripture together next week. We're going to do an in-person gathering outdoors following the public health order that's been given for an outdoor gathering, um, but reading the book of Romans together. And we're going to catch really, our desire is the heart of that letter as a whole and experience it as the, the church of Rome would have heard it when Paul sent it. But anyway, uh, move, moving on from that little advertisement. Um, the... There's something really key in this passage that I believe is for this season in which we find ourselves. That God wants us to actually recognize through it something that he's doing in our hearts through this season. Again and again, I feel like this book, Deuteronomy, has so much for us to get hold of for this very much like wilderness season in which we have found ourselves. And, you know, in general, what we just heard Charlotte read is God saying to his people, hey, I want to bless you. I have this future planned for you. I have this promised land in store for you. But in order to walk into it, you're going to have to walk in my ways. I've given you ways that you need to walk in in order to enter into that promised future. And then he goes on and he says, and these commands I've given you, they're not too mysterious. They're not distant. They're not complicated and hard to understand. They're actually really simple. And I think sometimes we get the idea that that following God and following his commands is this really complicated thing. And he's saying, no, 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 it's actually very simple. I've got simple ways that I've set out before you to live. He, He breaks it down so simply and he says, life and good or death and evil. It's up to you. You choose. It's it's really just that simple. And uh, we can fall in the trap and thinking that we need to discover some new, really complicated strategy. And God's going, no, it's, it's really simple. Following me is simple. 
And the key verse for me in what Charlotte just read to us is in verse 17, where uh, what Moses says to them, but if your heart turns away so that you do not hear, and you're drawn away and you serve and worship other gods. But his point is, is that when we don't follow God, it's not so much about that we um, were unable to understand this really complicated instruction from God. It's actually more an issue of our heart. That our heart gets drawn away and our trust gets put in other things. And, and there's this idea that I see in this verse, especially when I read it in different translations, because in what we just read, it says that, but if your heart turns away and you do not hear, right? Well, when you read the same verse in NIV, it says, but when your heart turns away so that you are not obedient. And this idea is that there, there's this Hebrew word in the original text that hear and obey are synonymous with one another. That, that when you actually hear the word of God, you obey it. But the, that type of hearing and obeying being active in our lives is a result of a certain heart posture toward God. In many ways, I think sometimes we don't actually hear the way that God is leading us more because of the posture of our heart than, than some difficulty to make sense of what he's saying. That there's this simplicity that he calls us to. This simple way, this life and good over death and evil that he has for us. And it really comes down to a heart that's trusting in him or not. And this heart that is drawn away from him, it says, leads to destruction. It leads into a way that, that doesn't lead to life. The heart that follows God is a heart that's being led in the way that leads to life, right? Moses gets really emphatic and, and animated in verse 19. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, like real simple stuff, guys. And then he says to them, choose life. Choose life. You can hear him. He's really passionate about it. And it's, it's, again, just this simple choice has been placed before them. And then in the end, he, he kind of summarizes this heart condition, this heart posture that will actually follow God. And it's marked by these things. Verse 20, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life. This heart of love, obedience, and clinging to him. Why do we cling to him? Because we recognize that he is our life. And I really feel like that's what's going on in this season for us, guys. We've been in a season where, where much of what we've known in the past is stripped away. And it causes you to discover what you have to cling to. Like, what, what do you cling to? I think when that question comes before me, what do I cling to? I think of, you know, one of those round flotation devices that get thrown out to somebody when they're drowning. You cling to this thing because it's your only hope to survive in this storm or wherever you find yourself. You cling to what is going to preserve your life, what is going to save you from death. And the more we realize that God's ways are the ways that lead to life, the more we cling to him. 
And you can take that and you can translate that, yeah, to just following the commands of God, the, the, the way that's laid out to us in Scripture. But there's also this relationship with his spirit that he invites us into, where we're actually a people who are leaning in to hear what the Spirit's saying to us, what the voice of the Spirit is leading us to do. And I'm telling you, when we, we learn to follow that, that is the way that leads to life. And so in this wilderness season, I really believe there's this thing that God is doing that we can see throughout the story, see it in this scripture, and even see it at work in our own lives over this last year particularly. Whereas these things that we once relied on are no more, we start to discover that God's enough, that he's more than enough, that he's satisfying, that he is the source of life, that he's the source of joy, of hope, of all that we need for our sustenance. It's in him. And we start to realize that in this life, it's not about God plus a good job. God plus abundant wealth, God plus health, you know, it's, it's, those things are good and those blessings are great, but ultimately God himself is enough. God himself is more than enough. And there is this devotion of heart that he's developing in us through a wilderness season. Not so that we just make him feel really good about himself, he goes, oh yeah, they think I'm better than those things, you know. It's not about flattering him. It's about actually discovering that in him, there's everything that we need for our heart to be strengthened, for joy to be present, for hope to remain, for peace to prevail. Amen. It's in him. And one of the things I got to say I've been most encouraged by over these last few weeks as I talk to some of you is I'm hearing in the voices and the stories of our community of people who have been going deeper with the Lord over this last year. A people who are actually growing in their trust and their hope in him. The, the amount of times I hear people saying from a genuine place, I believe God's doing something good in this season. I believe God's reshaping his church in this season. I hear it over and over and it stirs my heart and it excites me. I've heard people who I know loved the corporate gathering that would happen here say to me this week, I actually don't want to go back to the way things were. There's something better ahead. And, and I'm hearing this depth that God is working into our church community, into your hearts in this season. And I'm convinced that the, the wilderness season and the stripping away that goes on is actually building into us this increased devotion to the Lord. This increased strength in us as a community. And I really believe what we were singing today. It's like there were two songs where the lines were essentially, there's no one like our God. There's no one like him. There's no better source. There's no greater strength. There's no greater hope than him. And the more we learn that in our hearts, the more we're going to actually walk into the things that he has for us in this city. We sang that last song. There's greater things that he has still to do, yet to do in this city. And I believe this season is about us, not just as a few people, but as a whole body, learning to have this intense trust in the Lord, where when we hear that inclination and that leading, go downtown and sit among those people, or I want you to go and serve these single moms, or whatever the thing might be that God starts putting in your heart, you're going to actually have that trust and that hope in him that says, yes, Lord, let's do it.
Because I really believe there's actually this, this posture of trust and obedience that's got to be in the heart to actually hear clearly. God in his mercy only just makes it clear when that obedient heart is developed. And I'm seeing that happen in our church community. I said last week near the end of the message that I really believe that what's going to mark the future of our church is a people who are asking God, what are you saying to me? What are you calling me to do? And that what God is calling you to do is actually going to start to um, express what we do as a church. In other words, like God's putting the vision and the dreams in individual people's hearts that are going to birth new ministries through this church family. I put that question out and I'm so stoked because as this week started, I was getting emails from some of you telling me ideas that you have and that God's put it on your heart how we can love on this particular person or, or, or a bit of a like ministry with the homeless downtown and all these different ideas that God's putting in the hearts of people of this church. And I get so excited when I hear that. And I believe that part of what's happening in us is he's strengthening our hope and our faith and our trust in him through this season so that we will actually begin to step into these things. There's a simple, simple joy in following him, trusting him, stepping into the new and the unfamiliar. But part of what we need in order to do that is this tethering of our hearts to Jesus I was sharing with the team as we were praying this morning before we got started, I kept seeing this picture of a thread and a needle just sewing something together. And every time the thread and the needle went through, it's like the, the bond in this fabric was getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And I really believe that that's what Jesus is doing to us in this season. That word that was at the end of what we read, cling to him. He's increasing our connection. And there's something that starts to happen in the heart of us when we actually get the truth of the gospel, the truth of who God is, deep in our hearts. And that becomes what we hold to. And I've heard it put like this, that I think is just such a good analogy. I heard John Piper actually putting it this way this week. And he talked about how when the weighty truths of the gospel are at the center of our lives, it's like the sun, right? The sun's this huge object with major gravitational pull at the center of the universe that keeps everything else orbiting as it should be. But when that weighty truth of the gospel gets removed from the center of our hearts, what's the result? Chaos and unraveling. And I think many of us maybe experienced degrees of chaos and unraveling in this last year. You know, you can see it as we look around online at the, the number of times um, we get drawn maybe into this theory about what's going on or this theory over here about what's going on and, and fear starts to stir up in our hearts. But what I hear in people is that as the gospel comes center again in our hearts, that truth, God is good, and God is working out good through this season. There's a peace that comes. There's an order that's restored. There is a strength that comes. And I really believe that that's much what's going on in this time, is that we are getting that gospel truth, that reality of who God is, that he's good, that he's loving, that he's wise, that he's got a purpose, rooted deep in our hearts. 
so that we wouldn't be unraveling, that there would be this, this connection, this tethering to him that goes on. It's an increased faith where, where, where our faith in the goodness of God is greater than our fear of the schemes of the enemy. I'll say that again. I believe that God is increasing our faith in his goodness so that it would outweigh our fear in the schemes of the enemy. I'm being told to say it again. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just read it the way it's written on my page. Let the faith in the goodness of God far outweigh fear in the schemes of the enemy. Let the faith in the goodness of God outweigh the fear. But here's the thing. We don't grow in faith by trying to grow in faith. We don't grow in faith by just sheer determination. I grip my teeth and I'm going to grow in faith. Because when we talk about faith, we're talking about actually believing that God is good. In its most simple form, that's what it's about. Believing that God is good. And he's displayed that goodness to us most clearly in Jesus. And most clearly in his death and resurrection. We grow in faith by having an encounter with that goodness. We have an encounter with God. Paul says these words, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Notice he doesn't say faith comes by trying harder. Faith comes by gritting your teeth and just just willing it. Faith comes by hearing something. Hearing the word of God. And in that word, we have an encounter. That's why I feel in this season, it's so important for us to sit in that word. That's why I'm inviting you to come next Sunday at 3.30 and just sit and hear the book of Romans read out loud. Because as we sit in it, there's an encounter that we come into. And that encounter with his goodness strengthens faith. And that strength and faith puts us in a posture where when he speaks, we follow. When he commands, we obey. And as I think of this, this word that just leaps out at me from this Deuteronomy 30 about cling to him for he is your life. I'm reminded of that story. It's in John 6. Where, where Jesus says to his disciples after he's preached this very offensive sermon to the people and many are leaving, he says to them, are you going to go too? And Peter says to him, Lord, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of life. Like Peter's sitting there going, I don't understand. I don't totally get it. But what I do know is there is this life on your words There's this spiritual encounter with the living God that I experience when you speak. To whom else shall we go? And if nothing else, I really believe that this is so much what God's doing in this season. Tethering our hearts to him, that we would cling to him, for in him is life. He is our life. And so the invitation to us in a wilderness season is grow deeper in trust. Grow deeper in faith in the goodness of God. And how do you do that? Hang with Jesus in his word. Just keep hanging with Jesus. Sit in his word. 
and hear what he's saying. It's not complicated. It's simple. But there's this heart that he's developing in us that will want to lean into that. And I really believe there's this connection that as we sit in his word, we actually learn to discern the voice of the Spirit. Because it's the voice of the Spirit that inspired the written words. And as we grow in that familiarity, there is this this thing that happens, this spiritual discernment that gets built in us that when he says, hey, go sit with that person. Go connect with those people. Here's here's the dream I have for your life, the call, the ministry that I want to do through you. You start to go, hey, that sounds like, that sounds like the Spirit. That sounds like Jesus. And this is vital, guys, because I am convinced that the future uh, beauty that God has for us to walk in and display in this city is very tied to us as individual Jesus followers, hearing what he's saying to us and responding. And I, I really believe there's ministries to this city still to be developed in and through this community as people go, what are you saying, Lord? All right, let's do it. And that we become a people who aren't afraid of failure. We're more, we're more consumed with faith and excited about what God might do. And that simple trust in him. So I want to pray for you guys, then I'm going to close. Father, we thank you for this season and what you're building and developing in us. We thank you for the way that you are strengthening our hope and our trust in you. And Lord, I ask for even more dreams and visions for what could happen in this city. God, I ask for your dreams and your visions for this church community to rest upon us. That our hearts would hear, that we would be postured in that place to hear and obey. Because we trust that you're good and the plans you have for our future are good. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Lifetree Church Sermon of the Week. At Lifetree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.